Hi there and welcome along to another workout for you to row along to. Today's row is going to be a 60 minute row and in fact it's a repeat of the most popular video currently on this channel. What we're going to do is we're going to go 5 minutes at 18 strokes a minute, then 5 minutes at 20 strokes a minute and then 5 minutes at 22 strokes a minute. And then we're going to do it again and again and again and then that will add up to your 60 minute row. Now pace wise I want you to start this at 2k plus 20 to 24. Now where you sit on that depends on your energy system. If you've just done a really tough session the day before or you're feeling tired, then sit right back on that 2k plus 24 pace. But if you're feeling you've got lots of energy, you want to go for this, then start at the 2k plus 20 pace. Because what you're going to do is as you go up to the 20 strokes a minute, you're going to increase your pace by two seconds. Then as you go up to the 22, you're going to increase the pace again by two or three seconds. Then you go back to the 18 and then you go back up and etc etc. The thing to say, of course, is that if you uh, go 18, 20, 22, and then when you get back down to the 18 again, you're like, I'm feeling a bit tired at any point in this row. Then you can say, well, I started at 2K plus 20 before. I think this time I'm just going to be the 2K plus 22 and just try and take it a little bit easier. And then maybe on the last one, you might be, you know what, I'm going to start at 2K plus 24 this time. It's 60 minutes worth of rowing, and you're trying to keep this as that you can work through your stroke rate, and you can work through your form and whatever, and you don't really want to completely uh, destroy your energy system with a row like this okay so you just kind of be sensible about what you're doing pace it how you wish um, if you want it to be hard then sit on the top end of the pace guide if you want it to be more of a regenerative row then sit on the back end of the pace guide okay right I'll talk more about this stuff in the row anyway don't worry we've got 60 minutes together what else am I going to talk about so we might as well get into our four minute warm-up now as always we start off by going to our drag factor on the concept two and setting that where we want it to be if you don't know about Drag Factor, do check out the video I have on this channel. For info, I row it around about 120 Drag Factor, if that's what you care about. Next up, go to your monitor and set it to eye heights. You're not having to look up and you're not having to look down. And finally, your foot stretcher height. Set that so that you're able to get towards the front of the machine with your shins in a nice vertical position without being kind of bound up and kind of like, I can't quite get there, which is normally if your feet are too high or shooting straight past it, which is normally when your feet are too low. A good indication, a good kind of guide is that the strap should cover the balls of your feet. If it's going over this big kind of bony part in the middle of your foot, then your feet are set too high, okay? There you go. And if it's across your toes, it's set too low. But I didn't think I'd have to explain that one. So, four minute warm up at 18 strokes per minute, please. And our power, we're just really going to be, it's like a bodyweight squat, because what I want you to do is work on the connection timing between your feet and your hands for the first 30 seconds or so. But I'll explain. So let's get ready to go in three, two, one, and we're off. So 18 strokes a minute, so it's a nice, easy, slow pace. And it gives us a time to think about our feet pushing into the machine and our hands connecting to the handle, which then connects to the flywheel. Because what you want to do is push your feet and connect your hands at exactly the same time. And when I say what you're meant to do, it's what I'm meant to do as well, because it's my big issue right now is having a tiny butt scoot where my bottom escapes from behind me before my feet connect to the handle. So just think about that timing, try and get the connection instant to get that power into the machine. And then as you're working on that timing, you can start to look at your pace and then maybe just push that little bit harder with your feet 
so that you get closer to 2K plus 20 pace. Now, if you don't know what I'm on about with this whole 2K plus whatever pace, and it's based on rowing a two kilometer time trial and working out your average speed to row 500 meters within that. So do your 2K time trial, divide the result by four, and that's your average time. So if it took you eight minutes and 20 seconds divided by four, your 2K training pace is two minutes and five seconds. So when I say row at 2K plus 20, you wanna row at two minutes, 25 pace. Right, one stroke. And let's put one foot on the floor, continue rowing. Still a nice little shove from that leg that's strapped in. And try and keep your body angles nice here. Don't over lean at the front. So I have a tendency to do. And try and hold that lean as you press out from the front. Swap feet and continue. So again, it's interesting sometimes to see if you've got an imbalance between your legs. Are you literally having a balance issue as you row? Are you like falling off? Or is one leg significantly more powerful than the other one? A couple of seconds is fine. But... Okay, both feet in, legs straight, and just row with your back and arms. So swing over your back, pull in your arms and then push out your arms, swing back over your back. So the important part is that you're picking up the flywheel with your back first, swinging and then pulling. That's really important when it comes to efficiency of your stroke when you're rowing properly. Okay, let's roll to the front of the machine with straight arms and a forward lean and just press out, press out with the feet. Obviously, <laughs> not too powerfully because I want you to hold this forward lean in the straight arms and not kind of swing back due to inertia. I'm kind of dumping down a little bit here. So try and keep your posture up, John. There you go, one more stroke. Listen, I constantly say that I'm constantly working on my own stroke. I talk about all this stuff mostly as a way to try and take myself through these various body angles and things in the stroke. It's a, I'm very much a case of do what I say, not what, not what I do. I am a work in progress myself. And so hopefully, because we're working through this together, it's the whole point of this being a roll on. Okay, so anyway, what's he talking about now? So keep on moving up and down the rail, have a quick drink, and I will quickly go over one more time what we're doing today. Okay then, so today's row is a 60 minute row and what we're gonna do is break it into five minute chunks. We're gonna do five minutes at 18 strokes a minute, then five minutes at 20 strokes a minute, and then five minutes at 22 strokes a minute. And we're gonna do that four times and ta-da, 60 minutes is done. Pace-wise, you're gonna start that 18 strokes a minute at 2K plus 20 to 24 and that 
choice of where you sit on that is really down to the energy levels and possibly just really whether you think your fitness is in the right place in terms of rowing a 60 minute session. So if, you th if you've never done a 60 minute before, then sit on that 2K plus 24. As you go up to 20 strokes a minute, then you go two seconds faster. As you go up to 22 strokes a minute, you go two or three seconds faster. And then you go back down to the 18, reset your pace, and then move up again. Okay, so you're constantly just going up that ladder. Well, four times rather than constantly. It's a good session to do. Breaking into the five minutes will make this hour pass a lot quicker than if you just sat down and strapped in for a 24 strokes a minute hour, which, to be honest, was my original plan. But then I thought, hmm, I don't want to do that. So, got an hour's worth of rowing ahead of us. I'm going to see if this is going to be my final drink. Like I say, if you, this is a training row, so if you have to stop at one point and have a drink, stop and have a drink. We're not doing a time trial here, so I'd rather you are hydrated and comfortable than um, a prune. <laughs> so, right. So an hour-long row, changing every five minutes, starting at 18 strokes per minute at 2K plus 20 to 22 pace. Here we go then. In three, two, one. Go. Right then. And we're off. So, like I say, you can kind of play with the pace that you start at on this session. An hour's worth of rowing is just going to be a good workout anyway, regardless of the pace that you're doing it at. You can be rowing this at 2k plus 30 and you're still going to get a fantastic workout. So, even if you start at 2k plus 24, and then the next time round you're like, I want to speed up a bit, and then reset to 2k plus 20, and then the next time go back down to 2k plus 24, because you realise you made a huge mistake, <laughs> that's okay. But the key is that you still go faster as you go up through the stroke rates. That's still important. So if you start at 2K plus 24, then as you go up to 20 strokes a minute, you increase to 2K plus 22. And then 2k plus 20 for the 22s. And then, say you came back and you said, you know what, I'm going to do the 18 strokes at 2k plus 20 this time. Then when you get up to 20 strokes a minute, this time you'll be doing it at 2k plus 18 and then the 22s at plus 16 or 15. Because it's important that you really correlate this idea of stroke rate affecting your pace. Uh, there's a difference between rowing an hour at 18 strokes a minute and say 10 minutes. You might comfortably do 2K plus 20 for 10 minutes, but when it comes to an hour, 
you might have to sit right back at 2k plus 24. But as you change your stroke rate, you still go faster. So 10 minutes at 2k plus 20 at 18 strokes a minute would then increase to 2k plus 18 for 20 strokes a minute. But 2k plus 24 for the hour would then increase to 2k plus 22 for the 20. <laughs> it makes sense, but I'll stop talking about it because I'm getting wrapped up in myself in terms of saying 2k plus. And really, at this stage, as long as you've locked in your pace, doesn't really matter. Just make sure to increase that pace in a minute's time when we jump up to 20 strokes a minute. And when we get to the 20, I'll have a quick word about technique, just to make sure we're all just looking at some of the aspects of how we're rowing today. Because doing an hour row with poor technique not only tires you out quicker and possibly creates injuries, but you're going to be grinding in that habit of a bad technique, which is a bad idea. Okay, three, two, one. So here we go, 20 strokes a minute and two seconds faster than you were just rowing. And 20 strokes a minute's lovely because you just get to look at the clock and count down in three seconds. Three seconds per stroke. There's no need for a metronome or a visual guide, really. You just have to look at the clock and count down, or up, I suppose, in threes. 22 is a bit of a pain. <laughs> but the thing about stroke rates and consistency of stroke rate, it's all about rhythm. I want to make sure your stroke has a nice flow and rhythm from phase to phase as you're doing it. Because it helps with, well, it helps with everything. It helps with your pace, helps with your power efficiency, and it helps with injury prevention as well. Because in order to get a good flow 
you kind of need to work with the natural momentum of your body so you're not jerking and stopping and starting so that will ease any undue strain on your muscles what I mean is I see some people rowing and some people teaching rowing who at the back of the stroke pause and then they come racing forwards again and not only does that disrupt your flow it disrupts your power and because of the way your core has to hold and brace that position at the back of the stroke you're more likely to suffer some kind of a back problem or intercostal niggles up here so that's not as much an issue if you have nice flow through the stroke with a good rhythm there's never a point when I'm stopped and holding the stroke well there's about a tenth of a second at the front of the machine as I turn it around from front to back from that forward roll to a drive which I'm trying to iron out but I'm certainly not just holding at the front hold push not doing that everything flows and it's all about moving the momentum from the drive at the front of the machine to the back and then coming forwards again all right we have four strokes to go and that's us 10 minutes down up to 22 after this stroke here we go 22 strokes a minute and two or three seconds faster than you were rowing before now like I say if you are suddenly exhausted then when we get back to the 18s again in four and a half minutes just look at the starting pace I'd kind of hope only 15 minutes in that you won't be exhausted yet because it's the accumulation of 
an hour's worth of rowing that will tire you out. Not the effort of the row. And that's one of the reasons why this one isn't a pyramid, so we don't climb up and then back down again by doing 18, 20, 22, 20, 18, and then back up again. We reset back to 18 again so that this doesn't get on top of you from an intensity point of view. So, how do we create flow? Mostly by thinking about our back and our posture. So your back is just rocking forwards and backwards and forwards and backwards. So all it's doing So you're forwards to a one o'clock lean and then backwards to around about an 11 o'clock lean. Although sometimes you'll maybe overextend the back in the search for more length, try not to. And when it comes to posture, you really want to just tilt over your hips to the front of the machine for that one o'clock lean, rather than rounding down like a mole. I am a mole. Oop, lost stroke rate. Too busy the impression of a mole. And it's something I see other rowers do and see myself do is sliding forwards in that proper lean, good posture, but then right at the front before you take the stroke, come in round down, in, dump, in, dump, and that's not good. I was watching a video today of someone who was doing that and it was like looking in the mirror. And it's one of the reasons that we do long rows like this is to not only give ourselves the opportunity to work on not doing that, but then by rowing for an hour and hoping or hopefully with that better technique, you can kind of program your body's natural memory of how to row 
it'll hopefully stop doing that dump forwards. Okay, two strokes. One more. Back down to 18s. And hopefully, whatever pace you were at last time, you're just able to slot right back into it again. And don't worry if every now and then you're one second slower or faster. The aim, of course, is to try to hit a consistent stroke rate and pace. But don't panic if you lose it just a little bit. Which, ironically, I just did through that chat. The aim, again, is to try and grind in a good stroke. Just through repetition. So that you can hold a consistent pace. But it takes time. And often, it takes a few journeys of frustration too. But just because it may be frustrating, if you don't feel you're quite doing it, doesn't mean you stop thinking about rowing with good technique. It just gives you more of a reason to continue to concentrate on it. It's like I've said before about how I would stand on a squash court for like an hour just hitting a straight drive down the wall trying to chase that elusive, perfect hit. And sometimes I'd spend the entire session and not manage it once. It just wouldn't feel right. Other times I'd be on court and it would just feel amazing. My timing was spot on. The ball would just arrive in the sweet spot in the middle of the racket. And I just hit that flow of a stroke. And the ball would go straight up and down the wall. I'm hitting it harder and harder and the ball is getting hotter and hotter until it changes its tone completely. And you're like, that's it, I've got it. I've cracked the secret code 
of the straight drive. I'm going to be a hero. And then you come back the next day and it's like you're playing with your eyes closed <laughs> because you just can't hit the ball again. And that's where my frustration would lie. Not in not being able to hit the straight drive right, or when it comes to rowing, getting the stroke right, but more about the difference between the times you do get it right and the times you don't. And it's like, I have no idea what the difference is today versus yesterday. And that's really where you have to watch yourself for the frustration for any sport. Okay, one more stroke. And we're back up to 20s, here we go. So increase your pace by two seconds from what you were just rowing at. So I was seeing mostly 205, 206. So this time I want to make sure to see 203 or 204. So, if you were to try and analyze the stroke and create your flow, what should you do? Well, it all comes from your leg drive. So you've got your back swinging from the forward lean to a backward lean, backwards, forwards backwards, forwards. But you need to get the power from your legs into the machine in a nice smooth curve where you push the machine away nice and hard push with your legs and then as your legs come to a finish at the back of the stroke, all the way down, they taper out. And you put all of your power into the machine. But in order to get in there, that power wants to flow uninterrupted through your body. If it doesn't want your arms fighting against it or diverted through your lower back. So that's why you have this forward lean. So that helps get the power up through your body without your back interrupting. And then 
if you can keep your arms straight and relaxed as you come forwards, when you eventually push those feet into the machine or into the foot plates, all your arms have to do is brace against the handle, hanging off the handle basically with those straight arms and the power just flows in without your arms fighting against that power. Because if you pull from the front of the machine, suddenly you can't get that leg power in. It's all coming from the biceps and you're all curled down and uh, it feels awful. Whereas for proper flow, as you're swinging fluidly with rhythm through the stroke, nice straight arms and a forward lean are what you need. So you hold straight arms, forward lean as you push and then about halfway through your leg drive that's when you swing your back over your hips into the backward lean and right after you start that swing is when you finally bend and pull your arms into a finish. Okay, two strokes. One more. Up to 22s. Now. And two or three seconds faster, depending on what your energy system feels like today. Because if you are doing the 10K plan, then this is 10K week seven, seven uh, session two, which comes right off the heels of a really tough top tier workout that will probably have left you feeling a little drained. So this one, really you're just trying to have it almost as a maintenance row to spend time working through your stroke, building your fitness, but also this is the last of the long steady rows in the 10K plan. Because think about it, if you can row for 60 minutes without stopping, then your core fitness 
should be in a great place for when it comes to trying to bash out a 10k at a faster pace because there's a good chance in this hour long row that many of you will pass 10k just today so maybe you've never managed to do 10k before then suddenly after today's session you hit like 12k you're like oh so I can roll for an hour and I can do 10k so then with that in your mind you can just start to think about how fast you now want to do it if you can row an hour at an average of say 205 pace then you should easily make a 10k in like 203 pace if not faster again I remember remember the days when I was a cyclist going out on big 100 mile rides and things I'd spend most of the ride doing maths and saying right okay if I have 37 miles left and I'm currently riding at 22 miles an hour that means I'll be done in like an hour and 32 minutes or something there's always there's a way to pass the the time and to be honest it's the same with rowing constantly looking at pace and what your completion distance or time will be but then also thinking how's my energy system can I push it faster what will the end result be if I do okay we're almost at the end of the 22s two more one more back down to 18s and that's just a half hour done well done for hanging in there I mean maybe you've loaded this up and you've never done anywhere near an hour on the rowing machine before in which case I hope you get all the way through it but if your previous PB time wise was that you've managed 40 minutes before then 
I hope you can at least hold out until 45 and then come back to this row another day and see if you can take it up to 50 next time. Because although I've got all these long sessions on my channel, there's nothing to say you have to do the entire thing. Sure, they're programmed in a way when it comes to intensity that as long as you know what to expect and you're rowing it at the right pace you should be able to complete it but everybody's different so it could even just be that an hour on the rowing machine is just even with me wittering away at you an hour on the rowing machine is just too long for you either because you get bored or it could be because your backside starts to hurt if you're not used to these longer distance or times at least but then if your backside hurts then it can usually be one of two reasons number one you're just not used to rowing for this long so your muscles in your backside just aren't used to performing so many hard pushes of your legs like I mean what are we going to average 60 minutes 20 strokes a minute that's 1200 strokes we should average today and your body won't if, you, if your longest row to date was 20 minutes then your body probably won't know what hits it when it comes to doing 1200 strokes it's also literally just the pressure of your sit bones squashing your glutes for an hour now you can do things to, to help that and they don't have to involve a seat pad or a folded towel or anything and it's really just about posture again making sure at the front of the stroke that you are up on your sit bones and as you swing back you're still connected with a good posture rather than your hips rolling under you tailbone goes underneath everything slumps and then your sit bones end up squashing your glutes 
rolling over them like a rolling pin. Right, one more stroke. Back up to 20s. Here we go. So, obviously, there's pressure because you're sitting on your glutes. But if you can just keep your sit bones connected, it's a very focused pressure point and one that just time spent rowing after like six or seven half hour sessions, that discomfort will go. Whereas a poor posture where you are crunching over your glutes, back over, back over again. You can actually feel my sit bones grinding and almost tenderizing the muscles in my backside. It's not the only time I'll ever describe my backside as tender. So if you can really just think about a good, powerful posture, swinging forwards, swinging back and forwards, that's helped with a braced core at both ends of the machine, and that will really help your backside in a way a seat pad can't. I understand the allure of a seat pad. There's a quick fix. It's like a band-aid to poor posture. But all it's doing is fixing the symptoms that are caused by a poor posture rather than actually fixing the poor posture. And like I said right at the beginning, that good posture is needed for power transfer and efficiency, but also injury prevention. Because again, if you have a collapsed, rolled in lower back, then after an hour's worth of rowing and 1200 strokes, your back's going to know about it. So where people with sore backsides, you can usually point to the sit bones and posture as the cause. The people who have a sore lower back, usually it's because they have a kind of rounded 
poor posture of the lower back. And what's worse for those people are the ones who don't hold that forward lean as you drive. So if you have a collapsed lower back, so you're all slumped in at the front, and you combine that with swinging your back too early, like this, suddenly all of your leg power is going through your kind of lower psoas muscles and your L2 and your spine causing lower back problems through rowing. Okay, two strokes. One more. And we're back up to 22s. Second last time for these 22s. Remember to go a little bit faster. It's interesting. Or it's well, I find it interesting. You might not. But if you just hit a natural stroke rate, and by natural I mean you push hard enough to hit like a two to one ratio where your drive speed is run about twice as fast as your recovery. So it goes one, two, three, one, two, three. Okay. If you try and do that and go from 18 strokes a minute all the way up to like 30, 32 strokes a minute, you should naturally see your pace increase each time you increase your stroke rate. Now I know that happens with me because yesterday I made a series of videos for this channel with me rowing from 15, 18, 20, 22, 24, 26, 28, 30, and 32 strokes a minute. And it's really an eye opener to see that if I row at that two to one ratio, just how much my pace increases by tying the rates up. So basically, I started, uh, well, let's take it from 18 strokes a minute because the 15 is a odd one. But 
18 strokes a minute was 205 pace. And then every time I increased stroke rate, pace went up until at 32 strokes a minute, I was rowing at 143 pace. And this wasn't by thinking about pushing any harder with my legs or pulling any harder to a finish with my arms. It was just thinking about driving fast enough to hit that two to one ratio. So good news is I'm uploading all these videos to the roll along channel so you can do the same and roll along and see how your pace increases. And the key really is that consistency to the stroke ratio of two or yeah, twice as fast and then half as fast. So you're going one, two, three, or basically however, you know what I mean. Ooh. Hang on, I'll stop chundering away while we get into the next transition. Two strokes to go. One more. Back down to our last 18s. Oh. So 15 minutes to go. Done 45 minutes already. Good job. Do you remember where we started on these longer rows for the 10k plan? I'll go backwards in fact. So week seven was 60, week six was 55, five was 50, four was 45, three was 40. Week two was 35 and week one was just a wee half hour row, which will feel like a walk in the park now compared to this hour long row. It's the same as the winter where I did a series of sessions where we started at 45 and worked our whole way up to 90 minutes for these roll alongs. And every session was just five minutes longer than the last. It's, it's almost like that thing of boiling a frog where just by adding five minutes at a time, 
you don't really notice because usually it just takes you five minutes to properly warm and settle into a row and then that five minutes was up and then you just think well hang on the last session was just this long so manage that easy enough I think quite a lot of the time I hold your I hold myself back anyway mentally I look at a session and say that's too long or that's too hard or the rest isn't long enough and I'll either go into it dreading it or real worst case I'll avoid it altogether but then you get through one of those tough sessions or long sessions and the endorphins those completion endorphins just flood around you and you suddenly think wow I can do this and it sets you up for the next tough session I think that's why folks that run a marathon they finish the marathon and all they have is sore legs sore muscles and they're probably feeling quite <laughs> just a little bit tired and so loads of people are like we'll never do one again that was the worst experience ever but then the endorphins kick in and you start to feel the elation of completion and then six months later when the ballot opens again when you think about entering all you remember is the endorphins you don't really remember just how bad, how bad it was <laughs> the reason I'm laughing is I think it's the same with kids you have one kid and you're like oh my god and two years later you forget and you have another one <laughs> okay up to 20 strokes a minute now increase your pace we've only got 10 minutes to go we've just got these 20s to do and then 22s to finish and then we'll do a quick two minute cool down and we'll be all done and then in total that will mean that you've done 66 minutes worth of rowing which I think allows you to go and have a nice dinner or 
lunch or protein bar or something. Don't know what. What does my watch say? 500 and 10 calories. So let's assume that in the course of this row, I'll have burnt around about 600 calories just from the row itself. And then add on another 100 calories just for being alive. Because your body burns around 100 calories an hour just keeping you alive. Keeping your body heat up and organs functioning and things. So it's not just me being ha ha ha, you can go eat something. I'm actually saying make sure to get some kind of fuel, some kind of protein in you at least. Because you don't want to start scraping the barrel of a calorie deficit where you can really feel sluggish. And again, especially if you're doing the 10K plan, because session three is another mid tier workout. Admittedly, it's more about power than it is about cardio fitness. So it's just about pushing out 20 strokes a minute, nice and hard. Because this is the last of the kind of tougher push weeks in the 10k plan. We kind of need to slide into week eight to allow you to regenerate enough energy ready for a 10k row if that's what you have in mind at the end of the 10k plan. Remember, I always talk about your energy and your fitness either like a big bowl that holds your energy. And when you do rows like this, it gives you a bigger bowl so you can fit more in it. And then when you do the power mid and top workouts, they, they burn through that energy in your bowl. And then you follow them up with another regenerative session 
to fill the bowl up again make it bigger two one here we go 22s five minutes but what you don't want to do is do a tough session and you empty the bowl halfway and then follow it up with another tough session taking out even more fuel you need to somehow put energy back in the bowl and that can sometimes be with those 30 minutes at 18 strokes a minute rows or it can just be by taking a rest day a rest day is an almost guaranteed way to fill up your bowl so that if you have a rest and then you come back to one of these 30 minutes at 18 strokes a minute regenerative rows that's when you refine and increase your bowl it's an interesting way to think about it and basically you never want to tip your bowl over <laughs> it's all about making sure when it comes to the big show whether that's a 2k race or a 10k time trial you want to make sure not only that your bowl is big and full but the training that you've done in the lead up to that race or time trial has supercharged your fuel for the row you're going to do so for a 2k row you want to make sure you can go fast and you can last that your supercharger kicks in and you're just burning through the fuel emptying your bowl over a six minute or ten minute whatever your speed is but then for a 10k you need to have refined your fuel so that your bowl can last 40 50 60 minutes which is what a roll like this will let you do so that's why there's different training plans and we don't just 
sit down and row 30 minutes at 20 strokes a minute, followed by 500 meter sprints. You tailor your training to what your current goal is, whether that's performance or just basic fitness, burn some calories, lose some weight. But again, if that's your goal, that starts in the kitchen rather than the rowing machine. I'm a good example of that. I was rowing all through the summer of 2021. Yeah, I was still piling on weight because I was eating and drinking too much. Ah, last stroke, well done. Oh. And you know, the funny thing is, is that was an hour row and I didn't actually cover all of the technique things I wanted to talk about. It's only at the end I suddenly realized I should have said something about how to stop your fingers from getting kind of crampy and sore and whatever. But uh, I can only apologize if this is the first row you've ever done with me and you're expecting me to talk at length about technique. Because trust me, all my other videos, I talk at length about technique. So, but I got a bit carried away talking about squash and other stuff. So, ah. Uh, Anyway, do you want to get into a two-minute cool-down? Make sure and have a quick drink while you wait for me to load it up in Erg Zone. Whee! Where is it? Uh, someone's doing RA64 live right now. Right. Sending workout. Oh. So hopefully you've had a quick drink and you're okay to get into this. Let's just drop down to run about 18 strokes a minute and just put in as much energy as you want to make sure that you're going to kind of just nicely glide. Like landing a plane, you want to just glide into a, a stop. Give your, your muscles a chance to just kind of have a little work after that 60 minute row. So here we go then in three, two, one. Let's cool down. Oh, so I'm going to sit round about 2K plus oh, 35 maybe. Nice and gentle. Okay, see, it's 1200 strokes on average we just did. So that's 1200 pushes of the legs, 1200 pulls of the arms, 1200 braces of the core at the back, and all that, if you're not used to it, will take its toll. So if you can just spend this two minutes to flush out your muscles, give them a little bit of a last minute boost to stop them seizing. And then maybe when I'm just saying goodbye, just jump off and stretch your shoulders and your quads hip flexors, can maybe do 
downward facing dog and then is it the cobra when you lie on the ground and curl up your upper body do them to stretch your core and your back stretch your hamstrings as well that's really important that's where I'm going wrong right now really tight hamstrings which could be the cause of that butt scoot as well because as I come forwards here I'm so tight that it's like my backside just springs away from me got life of its own okay last stroke for me you can of course continue cooling down while I say goodbye or like I say jump off and do some stretching while I say goodbye don't worry this isn't going to be a long one I need to go in and shower and have something to eat and something to drink I'm kind of uh, but yeah so that's it so that's the last of the long rows for the 10k plan um be interesting to see like I say that this was a carbon copy of the uh the, the most viewed video on my channel so it'll be interesting to see whether this one gets as many views because I have absolutely no idea why uh the other one the really old one the back when I was branding this as PDP rather than roll along and it's just me in a crossfit gym maybe I didn't talk in that one maybe that's why maybe I did that when I was like just rowing for an hour didn't say a thing and people are like this is great you shut up but that's the key to remember I was talking about these pacing stroke rate pacing videos so they're all going to be like three or four hours long um though I didn't roll for four hours I just looped the video um <laughs> uh but they're all silent I don't say anything so you can put on whatever music you want you can just have it as a split screen just in the background and you just watch me going back and forward so you can kind of match the pacing and things so um it'll be interesting to get to see if they get a huge amount of views where it's like people are like finally he's put on a video where he's not talking the whole time so so right that's a little preview of what's going to come up I've I think I've uh made three of them so far and there's what 12 that I've got to make before and I'll upload them all at the same time so um maybe check out around about this time next week and you should see them all sitting there ready for you to row if you fancy just to hold a rate and you don't really need to listen to me and stuff so but hey why would you not want to listen to me so thank you so much for doing this one with me it was a great 60 minute row i really enjoyed it like i say um so i ended up it says active calories 635 total calories 750 for me so i'm going to go and have um i think i'm going to have some peanut butter on toast with a banana and that should just fill me up enough where it'll replace the energy but it'll still count towards um just trying to burn some calories to try and lose a little bit more body fat um because yeah because I'm training so hard that I'm actually putting on some muscle and it's kind of the equilibrium between uh putting on muscle and losing body fat in order to try and stay at 75 kilograms it's quite a tight balance but yeah so uh uh hashtag i like to put in a hashtag at the end of uh, the rows just to prove that you made this far um and let's just call it refining okay because we're talking about refining our energy system refining that bowl and and all that stuff so uh refining and that can be uh how you prove that you made it this far through the video <laughs> not that it really matters i mean who's going to say who's going to shout at you and say you didn't watch the whole video <gasps> so yeah right so thank you so much for hanging around for with me for this hour i will see you in either um week seven session three if that's what you have coming up next or in an entirely different video if you're just picking and choosing from my library do make sure to leave me a comment and say hello um i'm kind of i'm creating a bit of a backlog right now because i'm not getting to the comments but i do reply to every single one of them um as long as i see them um so yeah so thank you so much i uh, love the fact that you guys are on the other end of this camera and we are all rowing along together do look after yourselves please stay safe be well bye-bye